Welcome to the Mystical Motherhood Podcast. My guest today, Isabel, is an advanced yogi, mother, and wife living in the LA area. And she is here to teach us about her path, how she found Kundalini Yoga, and how you can implement it in in your life, and how it can actually drastically change your consciousness and your family and yourself in such simple way and so quickly. And we talk about the process of alchemy and how when you go onto the spiritual path, you actually become an alchemist, which it means you make concrete material realm changes that you can see actually manifest before your eyes. And that's what true alchemy is about. And so if you're during this, you know, having a hard time during this period of COVID and you're looking for something to do, a way to change yourself, a way to make concrete changes in your life that you can see the tangible results, Kundalini meditation and yoga can help you do that. And that's why I love it so much. And that's why I teach it to all of my my clients and even my patients at the IVF clinic. If you want to find Isabel, you can go to Instagram and her handle is meditation for mamas with if you want to reach out to me, go to mysticalmotherhood.com. Both of my books, Mystical Motherhood and Fertile, are available. They're also available on Amazon if you research Pritam Atma. You can find my books. If you would like a session with me or need any guidance on how to start a practice, please write in to mysticalmotherhood at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to leave a message to put a star rating. It only takes a second. Do it right now. And it helps it to get out to a lot of different women. I appreciate you being here and I hope you learn a lot. Enjoy. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You look so beautiful. I love your house. Look at that. It's so cool. Where do you Thank live you. in LA? I live in um, a city called Tarzana, which is in the valley oh Same cool area. i know where it is i used to live there oh okay yeah did you used to live here before you moved to new york it was before i was ever into kundalini and i always would walk into golden bridge i could live right by it and i would walk in all the time walk in all the time and i'd be like i don't know why i keep walking in here and i just wasn't wasn't there yeah and then I, I don't know if it was like me, like I was, I was obsessed with walking into the store and i went to one class and i was like it's so weird I can't do this. And then, and then I got pregnant with India and I, my whole life Something was, opened up. Yeah. Oh, it was just like, I just started chanting and I got obsessed. And then like the story with India, I don't know. I'll just tell you, but yeah, I wanted, I like started chanting when I was pregnant with her and I didn't know what I was chanting. And I just kept hearing fine Kundalini, fine Kundalini. So then I was asking everyone in San Francisco, do you know where I can find Kundalini? do you know, like, where's a teacher? Nobody knew anything about it. It wasn't there yet. And I found one teacher that taught it named Leah Garber, and she still teaches. And I went to her class every week. And then she told me to do Jai Dave's classes. So I didn't know who Jai Dave was. And he did Mm -hmm. one online little thing. And I hadn't ever heard of it It was back Mm -hmm. how many years ago. And how old is your daughter? She's now almost five. So it was about six years ago. Before, like it was, I kind of feel like it's about to hit, you know? And it was then it was a little bit harder to find, even in San Francisco. And then I started to do like the chants that Jai Deb did. And I did the one he said to 
he said the long echo cars. And I was like, oh, I'll do that one. And then I found out later that the long echo car is what you're supposed to do while you're pregnant. And I chose mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And then I told my husband at the time I wanted to become a teacher. And he's like, no way. We can't afford it. That, I mean, we, we could afford it, but like you're getting your master's, like this is crazy. When is it going to stop? Like you never end. <laughs> you know how we never end. Like we got to do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And I was like, I have to become a teacher though. So I was walking with a friend who's also pregnant and we got tapped by a car. A guy was looking the wrong way and I was super oh pregnant gosh. and he tipped my stroller over. I was fine because I was just like, I kind of brushed things off and I, I am a labor and delivery nurse. So I knew I was fine. But I went to the hospital, got checked. It was fine. Knew the doctor went to, for some reason I had to go report it to the police station and they said, you need to tell the insurance. And so the insurance sent me a check and it was for the exact amount to become a Kundalini yoga teacher. And so I went home, I handed my husband the check and I said, I told you I'd become a teacher. And then That's so amazing. It was so amazing. And then since then, I know it's her lineage. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? How did you start That's doing so it? incredible? Um, much like you, I I first heard about it while I was reading, I was really into just self-psychology. And um, I come from a long line of um scholars and my mom's a psychologist and my dad is a master of jujitsu and um just an amazing like wise sage man and um i've always been interested in how the mind works and all of that so an aunt of mine gave me a book a wayne dyer book um called you'll see it when you believe it and through that i found he talks about you know, his, his yoga practice and his books. And even though he didn't do Kundalini, I, it sparked something in me that I was like, I wonder what other types of yoga there are. You know, I had tried a couple things and I just look, was looking at a paper, like just a list, like the internet super was super new at the time. And, um, I went and I did like a little research with our dial up <laughs> and, um, there was like a long list of different types and I went right to Kundalini yoga and it said the yoga of awareness and something happened where I read the yoga of awareness. I just had this moment that was like, wait a minute, if we can, if we can all practice something that makes us more aware of ourselves, of the environments around us, of everything and become more intuitive, then bam, like that's the answer. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to try this out. <clears throat> so I, I lived in uh, Northern Virginia at the time, DC area. And I was like, well, there's probably nothing around here because <laughs> this is kind of different, you know? So then I looked up the teachers and Gurmukh's VHS was just about to be released. And um, so I ordered that. And that became like my first experience with Kundalini. And then later on, I was like in a, um, a college class, like a community college class. And I came out, this is like probably like six months after I got the VHS. And there was one schedule on this huge bulletin board, just one. And it said yoga schedule. I was like, oh, cool. Like I've been looking for some yoga classes around here. And I opened it up and it was Kundalini Yoga. And I drove by that studio probably 
I think I went there like three times and I never went inside, which is not my personality like, at all. You mean you it were was, trying to go to a class and then you didn't go in? Yeah. Oh God, I've done Isn't the same thing. Because so it's funny? so hard. It's like what it's like that what the entrance fee that we that was always talked about, you know? It's it's like I mean, you may listen, whoever's listening to this podcast right now, you may have heard of the name, never heard of this, and we're dropping the first bomb in your consciousness that this exists. It may exactly. take you three years to get there, and it may take you never, but it may take you a couple of lifetimes, but it's like you have to hear the name. And so, I don't know, like for me, when I heard Guru Jagat's name, I didn't know who she was. I didn't know anything. And I did, I did this healing. I, I said, I did this healing with um, someone who I, I liked Satnam Rasayan. And I, I was studying Satnam Rasayan, which is a healing method that Yogi Bhajan left. Mm-hmm. He left a lot of different things. And so yeah. I actually, it was I, before I got into Kundalini, it was into Satnam Rasayan. And I hadn't tried Kundalini yet. And then after I got into Kundalini, I did a healing with one of his main healers. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember her name, but I, I said, I want to go to my highest destiny. I just started praying for that. And then I heard this woman's name and I saw on her website, she had this expensive healing to take you to your highest destiny. Ooh, you're cutting out a little bit. Oh, okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Now I can hear you. Yes. Okay. So I missed that last part. So she, she bad. was, I wanted to be, I wanted to like break through. I, I felt like I was stuck as a mother in a house. I, I was like in Marin County. I had everything you think you'd want, like beautiful mm-hmm. home, you know, car, working out every day. And I was like, I'm going nuts. I'm going freaking nuts. I'm not doing what I came here to do. I'm not delivering mm-hmm. what I came here to deliver. Take mm-hmm. me to the next level. Mm-hmm. And I, all the pain, and I wasn't, hadn't even processed my pain. I thought I had, but you know, from 2012 up until for six, seven years, I was processing just the basic stuff. And then the really heavy stuff came later to really clear for 2020, which is happening now. Yeah. But this healing she did, she did this healing. She happened to be in town in San Francisco the night I called her. I said, hey, I need this healing. She's usually in LA or all over the world. And she goes, I'm here, come over. So within three hours, I went to her house, did this healing. Within three days after that, I heard the name Guru Jagat. And it, my body clicked. I didn't know who she was. Never seen Rama TV, never seen her talk ever. And I signed up for immense grace within an hour. And then I haven't stopped. That's so amazing. Beautiful. Isn't that amazing? That's so beautiful. Well, you're so in tune, you know. Yeah, well, your... you just have to follow the intuition of. That's right. Like I follow, I've learned to follow my heart. Have yeah. you? 100%. And, and not my mind. There's no logic to the things I do 100%. anymore. 100%. And they don't make any sense. Sometimes on a logical scale, I just do what my heart says and it That's may right. not be, it's like my soul guides now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, and the experience of, you know, me going to, to that first um, Kundalini class, I knew that everything was going to change. I think on a subconscious level, I knew everything was going to change. I was going to find this thing and it was going to, and mind you, I was, probably like 19 years old, you know, I'm, I'm 42 now. And so it's a long time ago yeah. <laughs> and every, I mean, it had, the practice has dictated my life. I mean, my, my reality today is very much because of my practice. So and how to, do you use it? So like, for example, when I ask, how do you use it? I use it to create something new. 
So I use it mm-hmm. like if I want to create money, I'll do something to create it. And then I like it because I get to see the result of it. So that may be my ego, but I, it, it provides for me some mm-hmm. sort of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And then I was works. <laughs> a more conscious relationship. And I believe that's happening. Yes. Or, you know, like as, which I'll ask you at the end about it. I have a question. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, like just one thing at a time, like a move or a book mm-hmm. or um, even what my platform and different things. And I like to see the, I like to use the meditations to create, manifest as the God force comes through me to create something in my life. And then I get to see the result of it. Yes. And so for me, it's really tangible. Yeah. And it's not so, it's not, it's very esoteric, but it's also credibly tangible. And second thing I want to ask you about is the masters start to come to you and they almost live through you and they come to me in dreams. They guide me. They, they direct you. Once you commit to the lineage in some way, or even dip into the lineage, you start to get guided. And it's funny because I've been trying to get one of my girlfriends to do this for a year. And now since 2020, she's now for something switched in her and she's available, right? Within one weekend of doing immense grace, Yogi Bhajan came to her in a dream. And I thought, oh my gosh, how fast are they moving to, you know, maybe she was supposed to do that, but are you seeing that more often with people, how fast the lineage is coming in and helping people or what is 100%. Yeah. I, I think, I think the more you're, you're tapped in and you're doing your practice, it, and and look, sometimes it's Yogi Bhajan, sometimes it's Guru Jagat, and sometimes yeah. it's, you know, sometimes it's ancestors, sometimes it's, you know, um, for me, I, I experience um, just different wisdom coming through. And, you know, it's not necessarily one person person or one soul or or another it's a collective of of wisdom that has that is that is from this lineage of this practice so can you give us an example i mean first off first question do you use it to create like i do one hundred percent and i'd love to get some examples for that and second question is like how can people tap into that lineage? And, and I mean, we'll go into like the basics of this in the end, but this is like the why you want to do it kind of section. Tell me what it's changed in your life on a, on a, on a tangible realm. Oh my goodness. Um, so, you know, I was telling you, I was reading the Wayne Dyer books right in the beginning. I was 19 years old and I was really wanting more. And I've always had that within within myself. I, I, I always want, I, I knew that there was something more to understand and more to go into within myself. In, um, so I could live my life in a way that was very intentional and very um, uh, clear. Um, because I found myself, I think, you know, obviously when you're in your early 20s, you find yourself in situations that are very subconscious driven, you know, and I could, I could feel that and I could see that. And I, and I always knew the power of intention, the power of visualization, the power of prayer. Um, but I wanted to go deeper into that. So my journey with Kundalini 
came because I wanted to change something. And like yourself, I'm very much ground, I'm very grounded and I'm very grounded into my practice and into the whole. Um, the esoterics are super interesting to me, but that's not what lights me up. What lights me up is to have a situation in front of me and then utilize my practice to alchemize myself. Yeah. So then everything, ar- that's right. So then everything around me shifts. Right. So especially in motherhood. So what happened with me in when I was pregnant with my daughter is I became uh, extremely psychic and intuitive and um, nobody really talks about that experience. So my practice, I had a pretty steady practice then just in general And, um, in that, uh, experience, I just realized that there was another layer of healing. There was another layer of waking up and becoming, you know, and I think that's, that, that, that will be our entire lives because that's the experience of being a human here on the planet. Um, but going back to your question, I, I have utilized this technology for absolutely everything in my life. My my move to LA uh, happened shortly after my teacher training, um, which I had been practicing probably for a few years. By the time I got my my um, went into the teacher training, I wanted to dive a little bit into uh, deeper into my practice. Um, and it was just, it was, you know, my brother was living here um, and I just knew that I was ready for a change. So it was just like, go, go there. Everything will be taken care of. And mind you, at that time in my life, I was, I had debt. I had, you know, it wasn't like everything was lined up for me, for me to go. So I had to make it happen literally, you know. So I was able to get freelance, you know, a freelance gig through my job so I can just, I could work up until I moved and I sold all my belongings. I came out, I lived in my brother's garage for like nine months and looked for, for, for a job while I moved here. And, you know, from that experience of moving out here to then meeting my husband to then, you know, the home jobs getting, you know, getting a new job that I, you know, um, so you're saying you used your practice to synchronize the, the series of events of your life that then took, I mean, for me, I may, this may, I, I'm reading you intuitively right now. It took you out of that kind of fate to more of a destiny level and a hyper synchronicity. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And so when and you, you just know, you know, when you, when you have a strong practice, you develop your intuition. So you are literally being guided by, by all of the things, by your soul, by all of the, you know, astros, by all of the ancestors, by all of your guides and whatever else is going on up there. And you are going into these opportunities to then flourish and expand and you know and go into what you're creating Mm. so and and that continues you know that continues to happen as you know in motherhood there's another layer of 
facing yourself. Oh, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> Good. It is. Like, don't you think like I am constantly being, and because the these children are so, in, they're so psychic. My children are little healer psychic children. 100%. One is a fairy realm. If I close my eyes, I see it. One is from the angel realm. And this is no ego to this. It, it's terrifying because you're facing, you know, high consciousness every day and I am not their teacher. They are mine. And so if I lose my temper, if I am scarier, you know, like that moment where you're like, ah, you know, they catch me. Do your kids do that? And 100%. It's like you're looking at them like, oh my gosh, how could I hurt? How could I hurt anybody if that, you know, it's a constant check of your reactions of where you are. Are you in your heart? Can you play at that level? Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it, it's been interesting um, for me because in, in my experience, they, you know, I'm raising my kids to question, <laughs> to question authority, to question to, you know, to, to have a voice, to, you know, be able to, uh, know that their thoughts matter and their, they matter. And, and so that is when you're raising your children consciously in that way, it takes much more energy, A, (laughs) and B, um, I think that they're, that you're still their leader, so you have to, sometimes when you become a parent, you don't realize that. I think it's, 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 um, it's not something that we talk about that much. And that's something that, of course, I'm, I'm working on right now is exactly on that topic of becoming a leader of yourself. So then you can lead this new generation because you are faced with your ego. You are faced with your traumas, however grave or, um, you know, it doesn't matter the spectrum. You're faced with how you were parented. You're faced with your childhood. You're faced with everything in the process. So it's an active opportunity to break through all of that and get the deepest healing of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that most of us don't embark on that journey. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want to see it. We project onto our kids. We don't see the opportunity that so clearly faces us because it's so uncomfortable. Well, <laughs> you know, your reaction was it's so about. horrible. Right, <laughs> but know? I think that what's going on in the world right now, it, everyone's, if they're not going to face it now over the next seven years, I really feel like there's going to be a massive thing. And then another thing is going to come along. And that's what alchemy is. Like, this is the stage of darkness of the first stage. I've talked about this before in other podcasts. You know, if you know real alchemy, it's the first stage is calcination, then dissolution. And then we go through these different stages using the element. And the first stage to alchemize yourself or to create something, you have to utilize the elements, which is what mystical motherhood's all about. And also about that's right. healing that's all right. this trauma. And so the first element to begin to see yourself is fire. And so something has to burn within you to, 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 to alchem. It's, it's amazing. But with all that's happening right now, I think with everybody being home, they're going to have to face some sort of part of it or it's going to keep coming up in their face. I don't think they have a choice. That's right. And I also think it is cyclical. I don't think, you know... I don't believe that healing anything is really a linear process. And I don't think there's an end result. Uh, I do believe that there's 
it's an experience, right? So you go through, and if something is healed, you know, it, it, you're no longer focused on that thing, you know, and then there's something else that will come up to get, you know, it's a very, it's a very, exactly. cyclical, there's, always it's, there's always something and there's always, so it's all, it becomes about facing the moment and being in the moment and allowing, yeah. you know, that to, to, to come forth and to, yeah. And I mean, and going back, you know, going into the practice part of it, the practice is exactly that. For, for me, pr- my practice has gotten so much more solidified since I became a mother, um, especially since I, since I had my second child. And that's when I met Guru Jagat. And, you know, it's just, it's essential. It's essential for everyone, but it's really essential for mothers. Yeah, because there are all the tools there, the tools to diffuse anger, diffuse, you know, there's a lot of anger that comes up in motherhood for so many reasons for so for rage, that are like so really layered rage. rage, but, but that rage is so layered. And it's so what, what, what we don't realize is that we that's been lying dormant for lifetimes yeah you know it's in our it's in our tissue so to have a practice that just on the daily basis you know it's like taking a shower you know like yogi budget says it's like taking a mental shower it is taking a mental shower and for me it's even goes deeper than that in my experience like taking a taking a sticking a selling a cellular you get a chance to renew every single day when you have a consistent practice, which is one of the reasons why I show my practice on my Instagram is because I want to show mothers that it's possible. You don't have to ask permission from your environment or your children or your husband to have a practice. You decide you have the practice, you go and you show up every day and every single day things will start organizing themselves around you so you can be you and you can have your thing. And, um, so what is your Instagram account? And then, um, why do women make so many excuses? Why do how can they get over the level of excuses they give to themselves? Like one of the biggest things I hear from women is, Oh, I can't do more than 11 minutes. And I'm like, okay, fine. Start with, I always say, start with a mantra, start with 11 minutes. And then, when, what's, what do you tell them when you're like, can you just sh- like the, I want to just shake them and be like, trust me, if you do more than 11 minutes, you're going to love yourself. I mean, yeah. and what do you think is necessary to even make a dent in ourselves during these kind of times? Like what's the minimum amount a woman should do? So I, I think first my, my Instagram handle is at meditation for mamas, M-A-M-A-S. Um, you know, I, I'm a big believer that you, because this technology is so powerful, um, I'm a big believer that you should start where you are. And, you know, if more than 11 minutes is absolutely daunting, then you won't get started if you think you need to do more than that. So, and the practice is really about your relationship with yourself and your, you know, you're not doing it for something else outside of you. You're doing it for yourself. And I think just that piece of it is very foreign to us 
because we are raised in the society where we do everything for everyone else. And it's, we're just now starting to, you know, empower and come collectively coming into our own and not apologizing for caring for ourselves. So I think the minimum, um, 11 minutes is great. I mean, if you have, if you have 30 minutes to go into it, you know, and you have a physical practice for 15 minutes and a meditation practice for 11 minutes, 15 minutes, I think that's an awesome place to be. Um, if that's too daunting, then, Hey, cat cow for three minutes. And then, you know, like ego eradicator for three minutes. And then, you know, I tell my clients, let me know how long you have and I'll give you something that'll shift you. So you take private and I clients think once people can reach well, out to you? Yes, I do um, empowerment coaching with uh, combined with Kundalini Yoga. Um, awesome. Teaching, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I work with clients that really are interested in developing their daily sadhana and because that's where I have found the most profound shifts in my life. And that's how I've created everything that I've wanted to create is that daily dedication, that daily, you know, um, visualization, that daily intention, that, that kind of fierce, um, you know, uh, determination and being able to see the thing through and, um, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's a daily, it's a daily practice, just right. like parenting, right? Parenting is a daily practice. Relating to your spouse is a daily practice. Relating to yourself is a daily practice. You know, it doesn't mean it has to be so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all about the thing all the time, you know, but it's a daily practice. And I find like in the beginning, I was going, there's so much gunk to get out of you that you can't get to, if you're feeling, if you're listening to this and you're feeling frustrated by your life, like you're not in the right spot, you know, you're supposed to do more, you know, you don't know how to get there. You don't, you're not on your destiny yet. Something's off. You're not on your path. You have to get through all the gunk, the subconscious belief systems of unworthiness. Like I had to move through my body issues. Now I don't even pay attention to what my body looks like. It's the last thing I think about. And I used to be the first thing I thought about. And what happens is you basically go through every thought form that you obsess about maybe. And then I went through like a projecting on the male. Then I went, you know, not liking my life. Then I went to obsessive about overachieving. Um, and it would, it was almost like one subconscious thought form would come up that I, and I couldn't see it when I was in it because it was too heavy, but as I began to break those thought forms, then my creativity could come through. And now my only thought form is how can you use me to serve more? How can you use me to serve more? How can help me to awaken humanity? Um, Put me where I'm supposed to be. Uh, Who can I help? Who can I help? What do you want me to do today? And all those things, you know, those different, like what kind of things can you give examples of ways that you've concretely changed? Oh my gosh. Like give a few, like for me, like those, I always talk about, like I was trying to create a new type of male in my life and my journey of doing so has been 
just amazing as I transformed my own inner patriot, like what Guru Jagadar says. And I went through that, the own inner patriarchy of how much we just dislike ourselves or how much we overcompensate yeah. for being too male or what is yeah. being male or what is being female. Right. And that was a big journey for me going through the balancing of the female and male within me being very feminine, but also working through all the male things like, you know, the, the horror complex of Mary Magdalene, um, you know, working through sexuality and balanced sexuality, you know, what does that mean? Have you been through that kind of a journey too? Um, 100%. And I think we, I, I'm, I'm going through it. And I think we're, always going through it Um, or maybe I'm not on the other side of it or something. I don't know. I, I really think that I feel in my, in my whole system that the, the breaking down of, especially when you're in a relationship, when you're do have small kids, that, that balancing of the masculine and feminine is, um, is constant because you are as a mother of young children. I did a workshop on this, the masculine as a mirror. We, we have a lot of masculine energy um, that comes when we have small children because we're, (laughs) we're like the, the mama bear, you know, we're, we're kind of um, in our limbic system everything is set up so we can protect and take care and feed and clothe and bathe and, you know, care for our young. So that, that masculine energy rises a lot. And I think that's one of the main reasons why there's a lot of discord in marriages and relationships when you have small children is because where there was maybe more of a a balance uh, before, now there's an imbalance in the way that the the two people relate because of that, because of the, the interplay of those energies. Um, but the way that, sorry, I'm like, I'm enjoying our conversation so much. I'm forgetting the question. Um, so the question was how have I tangibly, uh, shifted in my life with this practice? I mean, in, in all the ways, like the, when you mentioned the, the body image, I mean, that's such a, a popular one for, for all of us. But it's you almost know. gone now. Like I can't, now yeah. I, I forget that other women have it. That's how gone it is. And I mean, yeah. I used to have an eating disorder, massive eating disorder for wow. 10 years that yeah. ruled my life to, cause wow. of amount of like, you know, abuse and different things. I, whatever, mm-hmm. who cares? Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I didn't think that would ever go away. I didn't think, you know, the, you know, past, you know, drug or alcohol use would just disappear. And That's I remember right. a teacher, Gurmukh's husband, Gershabad, just said, don't try to make the stuff go away. Right. Just watch it drop. It drops. It and, drops. and you don't and have really to like, does. it's not like we're going in and saying, I mean, you can, you can have a purpose. Like when I want to create finances or a job or whatever, there is a purpose. But some of the stuff like... I couldn't have a vodka now if you if you put it in front of me. I would I could I mean I still drink wine occasionally, but mm-hmm. it's just it, I, that used to be a thing I would go to. That was a stress relief, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And and it was mm-hmm. like I couldn't even do it now. I would be like, yeah. no, I doesn't wouldn't even go into my system. And isn't that yeah. true? Like as we one hundred percent, and I dealt with that too. I used to love, you know, going out for drinks and drinking beer and wine and whatever else. And I haven't drank in many years now. And, you know, the addiction meditation has definitely helped. Oh yeah. With, with dropping that. And it's, it's true. It it just, 
it just drops. It just becomes, you just, you, you just change where your focus was so much, you know, and maybe whatever the obsession is, you know, whether it's drinking or overeating or, uh, being obsessed with how your body looks or how you look or whatever it is, you know, um, whatever that, that constant thought form is that keeps replaying and replaying and replaying with this practice, especially the addiction meditation that's been, you know, a tried and true for me. And I think all, everyone should do it and all mothers 100% should do it. Um, because there's, you know, sometimes we're addicted to, you know, to pointing out things or being, you know, of speaking up in some way, don't do that or blah, blah, blah. You know, like sometimes there's an addiction that's even even, simpler. Sometimes you you don't even know. Yeah. As you go through them, you see how much, and I thought I was, addiction meditation is the simplest meditation. It's on my website for free at www.mysticalmotherhood.com. When you sign up, you'll get it for free. It's also in my mystical motherhood book and you can Google it and you just Google missed, you know, addiction meditation Kundalini and you'll get it there too. So it's super simple. It was the hardest one for me to start all over the years, but it's done the most change. And I had so many addictions. I actually started with 11 minutes for six months. And then beautiful. now I just do, I don't know. Now it's like upkeep. Now it's like two, three minutes a day. And I Mm -hmm. see a difference when I don't do it. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm following a thought pattern. That's not healthy for me right now. And I am getting obsessed over something that I normally wouldn't what's going on that's different within me. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. the insecurities, the what the female insecurities for me, mm-hmm. the, how do you handle this with your husband? So for me, mm-hmm. I'm not married anymore to the same husband, but mm-hmm. my spirit, we just, we weren't supposed to be nothing to it, but my spiritual practice went one way and he went, he went more really into the spiritual realm and he went really into the material realm. That's how I experienced it. And then mm-hmm. there was just no crossing over though. The two mm-hmm. realms very much helped each other grow. Mm-hmm. There was no coming together of what those were spiritual and material, which I think now mm-hmm. go for me, go hand in hand, the understanding of them. But for mm-hmm. you, like, how did you manage? I mean, you met your husband while you were already doing the practice. Does he practice with you? Does it matter? What does he do? How does he accept it? What do you do in your household? He, he's 100% um, supportive. And I, you know, when I met him, I remember the first time we met like 13 years ago, uh, we were at a party and we were like drinking beer and like, and I remember that night I looked into his eyes and I was like, listen, this is not what I'm going to be doing. Just so you know, like I'm drinking now, having fun, but there's going to be one day where I'm not going to drink anymore and I'm not going to do any of these things. Um, you know, and I just told him like, I have, you know, I, I think at that point I was very, you know, um, I had a practice, but it, but I was also like living my life and just doing my thing, you know? And I think that's really the best way to, you know, you integrate the practice and you just live your life and then things change. And I've always had a very sensible approach, um, because you got to live your life, you know, you got to do your thing and you, and you, as you become more aware, you become, you, you, you observe, 
you know, you observe with your eyes, with your all your senses, but you also begin to observe with your intuitive mind in your third eye. And you start feeling into, okay, this is right for me. Okay, this is not right for me. And in our relationship, even though he doesn't practice, he has his own, you know, he mountain bikes and he does his, you know, his own thing. And the biggest learning for me in relationship has been to just listen and just be, you know, we don't have to be doing the same things. And something um, Guru Jagat says a lot is there, when you are the hub of the household, when you are the woman, the, the creator, the creatrix, you know, when you practice, everyone receives the benefit of the practice. And I have found that to be 100% true. Um, you know, with prosperity meditations and, you know, uh, if we're trying to get to a certain goal or, do, you know, our house, for example, every, like when we were, we lived in Santa Monica in this little apartment and when we were ready to buy a house, we, were, we had just gotten married and, you know, he was like, oh, we, you know, we can't put a down payment, you know, very grounded, very like <laughs> material, like in the world, right. In the material uh, world, looking at the things in front of them, like we don't, we don't have a down payment, you know, and back in the day, back in those times, people were saying like, you, ha- you have to have 20% down and, oh, we don't have that. And all of these things. And I said, how do you know that we have to have 20% down? How do you know that we haven't even looked? We haven't asked anybody the questions. We haven't, we haven't, you know, we haven't gone down that road. So for me, in doing anything, it's it's always about an opening. Let's see what that let's explore that. Let's make it fun. Yeah. Let's go, you know. So let's what go we can't with our heart, it. not let's with go. the logic. That's and, right. And I feel like and, a lot and, of men do that where they're always worried the logic, and it's like and that's okay. You know, and that's, that's okay. Cause, cause we're not that way. So when we inspire them to just play, you know, I I think play is one of those really alchemizing, uh, spiritual teachings, you know, um, when we, in that, in that scenario, I said, you know, let's go talk to someone. Let's go find out more about buying a house because we don't know anything about it. So we did, and one thing led to another. We found more information, and then this, and then that, and then, and then we bought our first house. It, and a couple months before, we didn't even think it was possible. So, and then fast forward to selling that house and buying our other house after we had two kids. Um, we, it was the same thing. Well, I don't know, like you know, we made some equity in this house. That's good. But I don't know if we can, you know, afford an, an, another house that's better. And then I just said, we will, what do we want? You know, what's the end result? Let's not get caught up in the process of how it's going to happen. Let's focus on the end result. Let's really visualize. That's really, you know, he makes fun of me because I make a lot of lists but that's my process. When I write down ideas open and things start coming through. It's also how alchemists work. So back to the beginning, what we mentioned at the beginning is, is 
everybody starts, this goes with hand in hand creating and hand in hand with alchemy of your life changes. Everyone will experience, if you're listening, everyone is always experiencing alchemy in their life. There's always going to be challenges and things that occur. Alchemists, on the other hand, experience it at an accelerated rate and can handle things at an accelerated rate. And so the people that typically work with mystical motherhood or begin this path of awakening, and there'll be more and more and more of you, is, is, is you become the alchemist. And that's because everything is going to be accelerated in your life. So maybe the growth is accelerated and it's like things that you thought you couldn't clear within a, 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 a a lifetime begin to be cleared within a month. A relationship that may have, that it's supposed to be, you know, one week actually accelerates in time and space to being three months or two years. It's and everything mm-hmm. time warps, um, mm-hmm. the process warps. And so what you can heal, if you think is impossible, can be healed much quicker with this alchemical process. And also what you that's can right. create can be amplified to a level you didn't even think was possible. That's and right. so that's the difference between general living and an alk and becoming a true alchemist in this world, correct? Yeah, and trust. And I would say also trust your own process. We all have our own process, our own the way that things come to us, whether it's in thought form or whether it's when you write or whether it's when you go out and and go for a walk around the neighborhood and ideas start popping. Follow that process. Um, don't try Cause I think what happens a lot of times is because of conditioning, we try to shut it down. We call ourselves, you know, like, no, this is crazy. This couldn't possibly be. But if you're seeing something in your thought pop up, if you're seeing a possibility of something shifting in your life, whether it's, you know, in any, in any aspect. And I think it's really important right now because so many people are suffering with, you know, through loss of family members, through loss of, of jobs, through loss of so much that's happening with this um, pandemic going on right now. Trust your own process because through that, you'll start getting the answers. And through this practice of Kundalini Yoga, it just, it, it is a practice of trusting yourself. It is a practice of self-trust. And when you practice on a daily basis, it doesn't even matter how long it is. When you practice on a daily basis, you get into this current of energy of self-trust, self-confidence. Um, and then you're able to open things up and, and things open up for you in a really beautiful way. Right. So how can people find you? Is there like a, you have an email, a website, tell us everything. I have an Instagram account. I'm working on my website, but you can find me through Instagram at meditation for mamas and you can get in touch with me there. Um, I offer, uh, I've been offering some uh, meditations through IG live. I have one coming up tonight. Um, I know by the time this airs, it'll probably have passed, but um, no, I'm going to put it out today. Oh, you are? Okay, yeah. fantastic. So tonight at 8 p.m. Um, Pacific time on IG Live Meditation for Mamas um, on Instagram, I will be working on a meditation to increase intuition and exactly um, on what we're talking about to really trust your intuition and bless yourself and to allow that alchemy and become the alchemist, to allow that 
um, to reveal itself to you because that's what intuition does, right? When you trust your intuition, you trust how your process of getting the information. And I think that's, that's what most of us are not seeing is that we are all intuitive beings and we have just been uh, conditioned to forget or to not, you know, to, to, to forget that. And, but life is, uh, is shifting and the energies on this planet are shifting and more and more we are getting proof that we are intuitive beings and we can develop this beautiful, beautiful gift that we have as human beings to, to live how we want to live, you know, and I'm, I've been really uh, praying and tuning into this kind of re regenerative uh, energy that's happening right now for people to become more intuitive and more uh, connected to the earth and to the things that matter. And, and I think that's happening, you know, uh, uh, suffering does that and loss does that and hardship does that. It allows us to be stripped away of everything that doesn't matter. And we, we stand there as a soul, as a human on earth and our purpose changes. And I think that's one of the biggest things that's happening right now. Mm -hmm. You see what's important. That's right. You see what matters and you see that it's actually like a simple formula. Though alchemy is really advanced, you can like alchemize even the simply the simple things in your life to make them better. And that's all kind of, that's what I'm seeing recently is just how much I want to simplify. Like I created Mm -hmm. so much with alchemy in the recent mm-hmm. years, I almost created like too much, too much. in some ways. And I, I love that abundance. I don't want to say that's universe. I, I want that. But now I want to alchemize that to help more and more people be able to even, so we're all on an even platform. Of- that's right. Well, I think, you know, when you, when you are changing something and when you, when you are creating something and birthing something, you know, there, there's the postpartum aspect. So when you are, you know, like when we bought this house, um, it's a, a bigger house. We have some land and all of these things. There's more to take care of, right? When you, when you have a, a when you birth a, a child, you, then you have the, the baby <laughs> you have to take care of. So I think when you are creating something, when you are birthing something, you then also have a period of time in which you really have to nurture it and mother it and care for it. And, as it kind of develops and grows into its own entity, you know? Right. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was so great to see you.